The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please be seated. I'm always wowed by our hymnody. The last two verses of O Sacred Head Not Wounded strike me deeply um, because they remind me of the few times so far being your pastor and the times at seminary when I was on vicarage when I was blessed with the opportunity of either witnessing or, as pastor here, administering last rites to a dying person. Verse 3 says, What language shall I borrow to thank thee, dearest friend, speaking to Jesus, for this, di- for this thy dying sorrow, thy pity without end? O make me thine forever, and should I fainting be, Lord, let me never, never outlive my love for thee. Be thou my consolation, my shield, when I must die. Remind me of thy passion when my last hour draws nigh. Mine eyes shall see, then behold thee, upon thy cross shall dwell, My heart by faith enfold thee, who dieth, thus dies well. Amen. Now I want to focus in on Jesus' words of being thirsty tonight. It says, After this, knowing that everything had been finished... And to fulfill the scripture, Jesus said, I thirst. And they gave him sour wine sitting there. They gave him a sponge soaked in sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. Now, something that sticks out in my head is when I was giving last rites to a blessed woman who is a member here at this church. And she was dying. And a part of the last rites is you read the passion of Jesus Christ. A lot of it's from John. And I'll never forget how much she wanted to drink a glass of water. Everything, all the conversations was all about, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, please, can I have a glass of water? And the doctor said, no, you can't have a glass of water. And it killed us. The kids that were there, grandkids, me, please give me a glass of water, you can't. And it got to a point of pity where literally as I'm reading her, this passion account, the doctor began or sorry, the nurse began sponging moisture onto her teeth and her tongue so that she could feel like she was drinking water. And it was then that I started to begin to maybe understand what Jesus felt like. 
And of course, we pray with this hymn that when it's our hour, we can join with Jesus and learn with Jesus how to die. And I just hope that in all of the wonderful music tonight, in all of the wonderful scripture that we've heard, you can begin to see that Jesus on the cross was in no way hiding behind his divinity as God. He was truly, truly suffering as a human being. He hurt. He was hurting. He was in pain. He had been sweating like blood in the garden praying. There was a crown of thorns in a skull. He'd lost pints of blood being scourged with a cat of nine tails. He hung in the sun for hours on a hill. He was dehydrated like you or I could be dehydrated. He said, I thirst. And what does this mean other than I am a human being like you? I'm thirsty. I have limitations. Hebrews says, you do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with you in your weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted like you have been, but without sin. And that's the beautiful thing about it. He's challenged with the same things that we're challenged with, the same physical limitations, the same pains that we feel, but he endured them without sin. Jesus' thirst unites us with him and our weakness. He takes our weaknesses and brings them into him. And it's so interesting that John mentions he thirsted to fulfill the scriptures. Yeah, he fulfilled the scriptures, all of the Old Testament prophecies about him thirsting and him uh, drinking from the sponge with the sour wine, with the hyssop. But he also fulfilled his own words and prophecies, him, the living word. Do you remember when he spoke with a sinful Samaritan woman at Jacob's well? She began by showing him mercy, giving him a cup of water on a hot day in the middle of the day. And of course, Jesus would show her mercy like no other person, let alone any man had shown her before or could before. Jesus says, Everyone who drinks of this water, pointing to Jacob's well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him or her will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him or her a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, for some reason, living as creatures in creation after the fall, it means that we, we get hungry. And even more rapidly, we get thirsty. We can only go a few days without dying of thirst. It's a limitation that we earn for ourselves by our own sinfulness. We're cursed. Yes. 
But Adam and Eve, their separation from God has been undone. Everything has now been finished, Jesus says. Mankind's sinfulness has been paid for by Christ on the cross. He brought it all to himself. Jesus thirsted on the cross in your place. You see, your suffering makes you unique. Your suffering makes you irreplaceable. No one has suffered like you have. No one has suffered like you have. No one has suffered like you have. That helps to make you indispensable, uniquely redeemable as a unique bearer of the image of God. Now, how could the image of God be someone suffering while we see it tonight, don't we? The man, Jesus Christ, on the cross, the lowest of the low, enduring not only physical pain, but shame. Not only shame, but being left alone by his own father. The inseparable union between the father and the son was broken for you. He was forsaken. But Jesus' suffering links with our suffering. So that when we suffer, we just give it over to him. And he suffers for us. And we give our suffering to him, what we're carrying. And he gives us what he was carrying. And his yoke is easy. His burden is light. It's beautiful. It's, it's the gospel. Because Jesus did not only thirst for water on the cross. He thirsted for the cup of God's judgment and wrath. We look into that cup, don't we? When trouble comes our way, when we say, I can't believe this is happening to me. Or I'm a sinner, I would understand it, but I can't believe this is happening to my wife or my child, or my grandchild. They're so good. Jesus sees us looking into that cup of judgment and wrath and suffering, and he knows we can't drink it. He knows that we'll try to drink it, but we can't finish it. And so Jesus takes it from us. He looks into it. It's deep, it's oily, it's black, And he drinks it all for you. Lord, I thirst as long as I bring you glory. Lord, I thirst, but those who drink of me will never thirst again. I thirst for them. I thirst for you. To fulfill all righteousness, to keep those prophecies, to be your one perfect, all-availing sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins. They're gone. But never forget the Lord himself, Jesus, he spent his last night dining with his friends. And after the dinner, they all went out and sang hymns. The gospel says they sang hymns joyfully. 
knowing fully what he had to do and what they would do to him. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And so now we know as Christians, we know we can go into our suffering, go into our hospital treatment, go into the emergency room, go into the difficult conversation with our family member or friend with the joy set before us. We're Christian. We're strange. We're weirdos. For the joy set before us, we go into the suffering, into the pain, because we know that Christ Jesus will find purpose for you in your unique suffering, and he'll redeem it. He'll take it on to himself for you. And all the other stuff that's bad, it will go away forever. In Christ. Amen. Thank you.